0: Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Fair but into Loverboy, and then Loverboy all of a sudden the world starts hearing the sound was coming out of Vancouver yep. and you start getting calls from the Bon Jovis and, and Aerosmith and all that stuff. So all of a sudden now Aerosmith is coming to town. And I remember meeting Steven Tyler and Joe Perry at outlaws. They came in, I was playing there one night and they walked in. I was like, like <laughs> what, what are these guys doing here? You know? And of course they were there to, to start the permanent vacation album. And you were such an integral part of that album. So I remember, I remember hearing this story about uh, Steven Tyler buying boy, or Girl Guide cookies in your yard or something, but when you guys are writing oh, yeah. them back. Well,
1: I mean, it was, um, I mean, that particular story, I mean, it was a beautiful summer day. I, I don't remember what song we were working on. It might have been Doll or something from the first album from, from Permanent Vacation. So uh, Stephen and I were just working on lyrics. The melody and the track were pretty much done. And and we went out in my backyard. There's a picnic table back there. and We were sitting there working on lyrics. And unbeknownst to us, some girl guides knocked on the front door. Uh, so my wife answered the door and said, um, oh, just go around back. You know, there's a couple of guys back there who'd be delighted to buy some, some of your cookies. And so they sent these girl guides back. They were like 10 years old, you know. Yeah. And they, they had, of course, no idea that it was Stephen Tyler.
0: Yeah, but, um, so when, when you were writing with them, I remember, um, was there not an instance that I read somewhere where you basically said, I think you referred to one of their earlier songs and said, do you have a song that sounds like this? And, uh, and... I, I forget which one it was. It might've been Ragdoll. It was just a feel. And also Ragdoll, we were talking to, we were talking to um, Mike Fraser and he talked about how that song was ragtime almost right up until the very end. Oh, and, okay. and, and, and I listened and there's one area where there's a, a two track and you can hear Steven Tyler's old harmony vocal and it says ragtime, but he actually sings ragdoll over top of it. It's, oh, still, on okay. the, it's still there. Okay yeah and Mike Mike Fraser would told me to look for it he says yeah if you listen to the backup ragtime <laughs> is still in there and I so I listened all the way through the song and right about 3 quarters of the way right towards the end uh, there's, I think, it, when it goes into the tag, Stephen Totter sings ragtime as a backup over top of him singing ragdoll. I, I didn't know that. Off the yeah, I know. So it's, it's funny. So yeah, so it was ragtime. But I guess uh, uh what Collodner uh, said, you can't have a song yeah, called you know, ragtime. Thought, yeah. it, it's going to be too suggestive.
1: So. Yeah, that was the uh, the first song we I uh, wrote with Stephen and Joe. But um yeah, I mean, I, I don't think ragtime was a. It, it, well, the reason we called it ragtime. Was we were kind of doing a New Orleans shuffle kind of a song, so right, you know, it was kind of, it was rock and roll, but it was it also had kind of you know, southern influences, and we just thought "Ragtime" was was a great title, and it would would have stayed "Ragtime." But John Claudner was a very opinionated, being our guy, um, and uh, you know, sometimes he was right, and sometimes he wasn't, and I, I'm not sure this really matters in either way, but. Uh, he didn't like the title Ragtime, he did, and he was like emphatic, just, sorry, if that's the title, it's not going on the record. So um, we just thought of a 100 other titles, and John didn't like any of them. So he brought uh, Holly Knight, uh, another songwriter, flew her up from L.A., and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I hope I'm correct telling the story, but because I, I don't want to take anything away from her, but I think she just... Went through our list of other titles, you know, and um, there was—I mean—in the lyric, in and the, the verse, the word "ragdoll" is in the lyric. Yeah, it's like the, it's just like like, like, ripping, like ripping up a ragdoll. That's yeah. in in the verse. So whether she spotted it there or somewhere else, she just said, "What about ragdoll?" and and clawed her like that. So, <laughs>
0: and know. it was already there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So again, not to take any, any, anything away from Holly, but that was kind of her. Contribution, but you know, it got us across the finish line, and and John did the same thing a a few years later. A song called "Deuces Are Wild" that I wrote with Stephen. Uh, John said, "I don't like the title," and Stephen said, "I I love the title," and John said, "Well, change the title, or it's not going on the album." (laughs) And Stephen didn't change the title, and it and it didn't go on the album. That's the power that that John had.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing, available both on podcast and video on demand.